You're listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks, a biblical, practical, and spiritual conversation about living and leading worship. Let's lean into today's episode. Well, this month marks one year for the Worshipology podcast, and we have had some incredible guests. You have been some incredible listeners. Thank you so much for spending some time with me. I hope this podcast has been encouraging and equipping to you. And I just want to remind you that the book, Worshipology, is out. It's available. It's a resource for worship leaders, worship teams, and worshipers. It's a book made up of uh, many different chapters with many different co-authors. I highly encourage you to check it out. I hope it's a blessing to you. Go to worshipologybook.com or find out more at curtisparks.com. Now join me for this conversation with Derek Gwines. And listen, today we're going to jump right in. Uh, I've got my friend Derek Gwines on the podcast. He's in the Houston, Texas area at Grace Church. Derek, say what's up, man. Hey, what's up? Now, Derek, you are like so even keel, so chill, and you lead at probably one of the biggest churches I've ever stepped foot into, and uh, we're going to talk about all sorts of awesome stuff today, but man, why don't you just, for our listeners, share that snapshot of how you got involved in music and ministry, and how did you become a worship pastor, bro? Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks for having me on. It's an honor, man, to to get to talk to the one and only Curtis Parks. So, uh, <laughs> I'll pay you for saying that later. <laughs> but yeah, um, the rule in my house growing up was that we had to always play at least one instrument until we got to high school. So ah. my sisters and I, we all took piano with my mom until I think like fifth grade. And then um, I hated piano by that point. And <laughs> of course. So once I got to junior high, I went into band and uh, I I wasted a couple years on the trombone. Um, and then eventually I found the drum set uh, in between my seventh and eighth grade year. And that's kind of what mm. that's kind of drums is kind of what saved me. Um, musically speaking, uh, helped the love stay there. The love flame stay lit. <laughs> um, but then I ended up starting uh, to play in church, you know, with my dad leading. And, um, I did that through high school. And then my junior year, uh, of high school, the, the person that was leading in our youth group, leading worship, uh, ended up moving and we didn't really have anybody that was able to lead. And so I said, well, Hmm. I mean, I'll, I'll give it a shot. So that summer I just, you know, that was back in the days before like YouTube, where you could just go on YouTube tutorials and teach yourself pretty much anything. <laughs> so I, right. I went and, uh, um, man, I would download the, the tabs, guitar tabs for like, uh, you know, this is the air I breathe. And, um, oh, come on, man. And come on. I've found Jesus and, you know, all the, all like the, the good stuff. Yeah. And like the very beginning, passion albums and that stuff so i taught myself like three or four chords and then just uh my parents bought me this giant washburn jumbo 12 string guitar which nice is not the guitar that you need when you're just learning how to play guitar (laughs) uh it's like like, dude could you bring back leading worship on a 12 string (laughs) like i'm sure 
I'm sure in the late 70s, that was like a huge thing, right? <laughs> right. Like the 12-string guitar. Yes, yes. Uh, this is it right here, Derek. Yeah, so hey, you've never tuned a guitar before, so here are 12 strings that you need to be able to <laughs> keep in tune. But uh, Good luck. Yeah. So yeah, man, that was that was my start. And um, and then it was just like, I, I, I enjoy this. I feel like God, uh, you know is using me to do this. And so that just kind of, from that moment, it was just kind of like one step after another where, um, you know, my dad always says, you know, when you don't know what to do or when you're talking about like what to do with your life and that kind of thing, you know, if you don't have this grand overarching vision, just take the right next step. And so it was kind of a series of those steps where I just, Got yeah. got plugged in in church, and then I went to college. Got plugged into a church, started leading, and um, had the opportunity to be in some recordings. And I kept playing drums, and got to be on a couple albums. And uh, so, kind of just that series of of steps, you know, kind of started by accident, but then it ended up turning into mm. a what has now been a, a lifelong career, I guess you could say, in in yeah. worship ministry. I mean, I definitely never saw myself in this role that I'm in now. Yeah, why don't you unpack a little bit for our listeners just your role? Like, what are you doing right now um, at Grace Church, and what does that look like on a, on a daily and weekly basis, man? Sure. I am the worship pastor here at Grace, and... Uh, I'm a part of a bigger team that is made up of our tech team and our creative team. Uh, it's kind of a a web of a lot of people having hands in a lot of different areas, and uh, you know mm-hmm. when you're when you're doing something on this scale, um, you know the size that our church is, you have a lot of stuff going on all the time and so you know there's everything from social media to videos being put out and made and and you know who's running sound in in what room uh who's mixing who's doing lights all the all this stuff we've got you know i don't even know how many services going on on a weekly basis we have here but my Mm. my role as the worship pastor is really to lead a team of our our worship staff. There are um, five of us on staff, and we we manage and oversee all of the worship uh, teams. So musicians, vocalists, uh, we have a choir as well, and we we basically put together uh, worship sets and and any other special music that uh, goes on in our services. All, yeah. all of that is obviously in cooperation and collaboration with our creative team, our tech team. And um, so it's kind of a um, loosely defined role, but if you had to look specifically at what my main area of oversight is, it's really the, the people 
involved in um, serving in, in worship ministry, musically speaking? I think the whole idea and maybe even the, you know, term mega church has kind of gotten some bad raps right. lately, but I mean, you know, where, where we're at here in, in the lower Richmond area destination would be classified as a mega church. Now you guys in Texas, everything's bigger. I mean, we know the <laughs> drill, right? So as like grace church, but like give some context for the listeners, like grace church, like how many people would you say are on a weekend uh, in attendance at grace church? And then, yeah, like as far as like the, the worship experience goes, how many services are you, yeah. you kind of overseeing on a weekly role? Yeah. Well, our church is really interesting in that um, our building is like enormous. Um, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and honestly, the building itself is not that big. It's just, well, it, it is big, but but really the, the sanctuary where we have our services is just so huge. Um, yeah. It's just like you walk in and there are these massive columns and and uh, this you know huge tall ceiling and everything and it's just kind of like what in the world? Um, so <laughs> so it's great it's great for you know our church hosts you know we make our church available free of charge to the city anytime there's like a police officer who falls in the line of duty or a firefighter uh, the the funerals are held at our church. Um, wow. which is great for the city cause you know, you can pack people in there and we have a lot of events here at the church. I mean, concerts always come. I think Lecrae was just here a week and a half ago or oh, something nice. like that. Um, you know, a lot of outside events use our facility, our sanctuary itself. I mean, if you cram all of the seats we have in there, you can get, um, you can get close to 10,000 people in our sanctuary, I think. Wow. Uh, um, you know, our our weekly average attendance I don't think is anywhere near capacity. Well, I know it's not anywhere mm-hmm. near capacity. Um and honestly, we we do we do two English services at 9 and 11 and then we have a Spanish service that meets at 2 p.m. on Sundays. Uh our Spanish church is I think Next to Lakewood Church down the road, uh, it's probably the second biggest Spanish congregation in the city. So I don't know on a week on a weekly average, we're probably I don't know we might be at ten thousand. I'm not uh-huh. honestly I'm not really sure. I know you know everywhere Easter is always a, a huge deal. Um, yeah. So Easter Sunday was this last year was the biggest Easter we've ever had, and it was the first time that I've seen for service in our 11 o'clock. I mean, the whole sanctuary was, I mean, there were people everywhere. I'm sure not every seat was full, but it yeah. it felt completely full. So, I mean, you know, Easter Sunday, we were probably pushing 15,000 across all three services, I guess. Now, how do you approach like planning worship with a congregation of that scale, I mean, and and even kind of like dive into a little bit of a personality side because you have kind of like one of those like you're very similar to your cousin Clayton, who we've had on the podcast, like kind of kind of reserved, but you're like a gentle giant, man. It's like <laughs> there's just, there's just something about you. You got the heart of a lion, but it's like 
packed in this like lamb, you know, skin, <laughs> if I could even say that. It's just so cool. And I, I think, you know, when you're thinking about like, man, okay, you know, just the human side of us all is like, man, like leading worship, there's, you know, 10 to 15,000 people here. Uh, a lot of people coming to just experience the hope and the, and the joy and love of the gospel and, and Jesus and finding eternal, you know, meaning. And, and so it's like, there's a lot of weight that comes into that, but then how do you just kind of like approach it in the sense where it's like, Hey, it's, it's not all on me. It's not all on this team. It's, it's, you know, there's something much bigger at play here. What's your mindset going into a Sunday? And then maybe what's your mindset going into like an Easter weekend? Well, yeah, for sure. I think, I think, um, you know, you kind of said it, you know, reminding myself that, it's really not all about me. And mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, I think my, the history or the, my journey to this point has kind of prepared, uh, prepared me for that. You know, I, um, up until, I mean, I came here five years ago, but up until that point, I had led worship in all kinds of different settings. Uh, I helped, start a church in the Dallas area. I did that for six years, um, mm-hmm. back starting in 2010. Um, and I, you know, I, I kind of added it up one day, you know, I, at that point I had been in ministry, um, for a number of years. And I don't think from the time I graduated college in 2006 until 2018, I don't think I was ever just like full time on staff at a church. I was always like in a context where I was working another job to, you know, bring money in to support my family. Uh, you know, I worked at a university for a while uh, while I was helping start a church. I've, I mean, I've been a valet parking cars. I've been a, a per- personal... <laughs> Whatever it takes. Yeah, you know, I mean, personal training, doing all kinds of random stuff just to make money. And, um, and even when I was you know, exclusively on staff at a church. I was, you know, a worship department of one, really, a, a you know, tech department of one. And um, so I just have led in a lot of maybe humility uh, ingrain- yeah. ingraining contexts. So, wow. so like I always have come, approached it from the standpoint of like, you know, the show um, isn't what it's all about, um, you know, and I think if I had been where I am now a lot earlier as I was getting started, it it would have gone to my head, I think. Um, and but now that I'm here, it's really more like I see I see all the people in our church on a weekly basis. And it's just like more people is not to me like, Oh, like it's a bigger show. It's more like, Oh, it's a, it's a bigger responsibility to be a steward of, um, this worship time. That's really a sacred opportunity for, you know, this group of people to encounter the presence of God and the love of God. So, um, you know, and then, so that's kind of like a weekly basis. I it's it's not a it's not a big deal to me because it never really has been a big deal. Um it's always been mm. I've always been just, you know, serving in whatever capacity. That's not to say that I've always had the perfect uh balance of humility and um and you know, I definitely have 
had moments where God has humbled me and, and I've had to realize that there's pride in my heart and, and ongoingly it, that's something that I have to watch out for. Um, but I think my, mm. just the process lifestyle, you know, my journey of just being faithful where I am has helped me in that. When, when we're, yeah. when we're looking at Easter or Christmas, like these big, big services where we do big production stuff. And, um, honestly, I think what helps me stay grounded is the fact that I'm, I'm on a big team and, uh, we're in these creative meetings where we're, we're brainstorming and talking about, you know, like who needs what by what date. And, you know, we're dealing with calendars and deadlines and the tech guys are like, yo, we need all your reference tracks, uh, by this date. And, and it's, it's just like a, you know, all this stuff, it's just like a group, big group project. And, and it can be really frustrating at times when you're, when you're doing a group project and, and you're like, why, why do we have to have this done by this date? And, you know, this is really, this is really difficult on us. We're having to put in extra time, but I think that process, the creative process, being on a team like that has forced me to, um, you know, to realize that it can't, it can't be all on me and it can't be all about me because there's no way Mm. like there's no way that I could do everything or that I should do everything. And honestly, I, I can't do everything, uh, that is needed around here to, to do these services that we do. So I got, I got to pause you right there because we actually just had a conversation last night. So last night it was a Wednesday night revival night. We do them three times a year at destination church. And it's one of those events where, you know, we'll bring in, um, you know, three or four of our worship leaders here in house. And then oftentimes we'll have a guest come in, you know, one of our friends and, you know, we're doing nine or 10 songs and we're divvying all of the songs up and then creating space for moments to happen. And we just had this moment after the whole night happened. This is like nine thirty or 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. We're in the band room and, you know, we're just like, you know, I think one of the reasons these nights work so well is because it's not about any one individual. Yeah, it, for it's, sure. It's a team thing. And, and a recurring theme in our staff meetings here has been, look, if no one cares who gets the credit, how much more could be accomplished in the kingdom of God? Like if it wasn't all about, oh, I need to have this moment or like this, need, I need to lead all the songs or I need to be able For to sure. take everything or, you know, and I think that's one of the things that from a distance I've seen you do so well. You know, you guys have led worship at the last two CMN conferences that I've been to. And for those who don't know, CMN is a church planning network. They do a conference every year, usually has about three or 4,000 people there. And every time I've seen you lead at a conference, you do that so well, where it's like multiple people leading multiple songs. It's not about one individual. And yet you do have that, that responsibility, Derek, of it's like an army can attack, but if there's no general to lead it, it's going to be chaos. You know, sure. so, so I want, I want to know like a little bit of your mindset in that because you walk with such a, a, a graceful humility. Uh, you're in this um, team that, you know, like you said, you're stewarding a worship experience for thousands of people every weekend. Um, but how do you, with that balance of humility and confidence, uh, how do you do that? Uh, maybe even at conferences or how do you, you know, find those, it's not about me moments and then lead others into that same mentality. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you're, you're giving me a whole lot of credit 
uh, that I don't know is honestly <laughs> really due to me, but I appreciate it. Um, I guess I just, I try to approach everything with the realization that what we are doing as worship leaders, what I'm doing as a worship pastor is all empowered and made possible by the Holy Spirit um, in the first, Mm. in the first place. And, and like, I just, you know, you, you go back to that passage where, you know, Isaiah, I think, right. is talking about the star and morning star who has fallen. And we've all heard the story about, about Lucifer who, you know, was created by God to, to demonstrate God's glory. And he was given these, um, special traits and, and characteristics that were designed to, you know, make music to, to glorify God. And, and then he turned that into, you know, glorifying himself and seeking God's glory for his own self. And, um, Mm. I don't know. So I guess it's just like, uh, for me, I just think in those moments as I'm preparing for a conference or a big event or even just a weekly service, it's like, you know, the fact that I'm able to do this, that I'm able to sing, that I'm able to play, um, these are God's gifts to me anyway. And like, how stupid and foolish would it be for me to turn this into like, look at how great I am, uh, you know, like, it's just it's just kind of silly in my in my mind to think you know that somehow people should be looking at me or or marveling at how talented i am or great i am so i think mm. it's it's just always maintaining that perspective of like and you know like you know talking about cmn if you're at a church planning conference or or whatever wherever you are like i'm thinking about the people that are actually attending a service or actually attending a conference. Yeah. So like yeah. if you look at church planning conference, you're looking at all these people coming in who are like, dude, on the on the front lines of the kingdom, establishing churches where there haven't been or revitalizing churches that have been dying out. And like I've been there, you know, doing a church plant and it's hard and it's spiritually taxing and and you're dealing mm. you're dealing with a lot of opposition and difficulty and stress and warfare and so as I'm preparing for these conferences I'm like dude these people need to be refreshed by the spirit of god they need to they don't need to be impressed by like how sweet uh a musical transition <laughs> is or like dude look like did you hear that arrangement like how sick was that they don't you know, they don't need that. They need their, you know, tanks filled up by the Spirit of God, right? So wow. I, I guess that's just how I'm always approaching it is thinking about the people that are actually in the room. Um, and on a weekly basis, that looks like, you know, just the stories of people coming into our church about like, you know, their their marriage is, is a wreck or or they're they're in bondage to whatever and they need freedom they need they need hope they need to know that god loves them they need to know that victory is possible and and you know that everything they need is found in jesus so i've just always tried to hold on to that like 
just always thinking about the people that you're leading instead of, you know, like what what do they really need and what does God want? That's so good. That's so good, Derek. They don't need me, you know? <laughs> well, th- this is the thing. I mean, that, that right there could just be worth its weight in gold. I mean, are you thinking about the people you're leading? Yeah, for sure. Or, or are you thinking about the task of leading? Yeah. And I think that's what makes the difference, right? It's, you know, when you think about the stories and the families and the, the challenges and struggles that are happening in your congregation, as you pray and ask the Holy Spirit for guidance on what songs to choose, on how the flow goes. I mean, we just came out of a creative team meeting about 20 minutes ago and, you know, we're thinking about what does our church need right now? Yeah, for sure. And I think, I think with that posture, I mean, dude, you hit the nail on the head. I know you've got just a few more minutes before you have to jump into another meeting. And uh, one of the questions I've been asking all of our worship leaders this year is what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you right here, right now? for this season. Uh, it could be something personal that you're just kind of hanging on to, or it could be something that you feel like, man, I, this could be for the body of Christ. I'd just love to know what that is, Derek. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, for me personally, uh, in my in my context, and I think anybody who's serving in ministry, uh, it it's always easy to get so caught up in the mechanics of leadership and ministry and every time you listen you know to a worship song you're you're thinking does this fit in my services does this fit for my church um even when you open your bible you know you're you're reading devotionally but then you're immediately going how could i how could i use this you know as i lead people and uh and for me i guess this season, you know, it's it's not anything that is like. Well, I, I guess it is major in the sense that that Jesus said it, but it's that uh, revelation too, right? Uh, I have this against you that you've you've forgotten. Yeah. You've forgotten your first love. First love. And um, for me, that's that's where I am. Uh, you know, I've, I'm really I'm busier than I've ever been in life. Like I got. Um, four kids. We just, you know, had our fourth kid <laughs> a year. She's, she's going to be a year old here in a couple of weeks. And, um, amazing. And just dude, my, my schedule is so full and I have realized that, you know, the days of having two or three or four hours to just play my guitar and sing and pray and worship, you know, with no agenda, you know, pressing on, on me, those days are, 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 if, if, if they're not all gone, they're just very, very few and far between. So, I mean, I just, it's that whole thing of, man, I have to prioritize, um, being in the presence of God and just worshiping on my own. Um, so like, I just, I, I'm sitting at my desk here and I, I just stuck a keyboard like a couple weeks ago, I stuck a keyboard in my office, uh, got some speakers hooked up and it's like, dude, I have to have a, I have to have a place. Like I can't, I don't have a place at home cause there are kids running everywhere and, <laughs> and, you know, throwing things and, but like I can come to my office and shut the door and just, you know, turn to this first love, right. Of, of like me, wow. me and Jesus. And I can, you know, my, my second love of, you know, well, not my second love, because that's my wife, but uh, 
my third love maybe <laughs> of music. I don't know. Whatever my love is of there music, <laughs> wherever, wherever that goes, uh, just, just getting back to the basics, man, of, of worshiping on an instrument and just, you know, like, like David watching the sheep, like making worship a part of my lifestyle and, and making sure that I prioritize that because, you know, you, you teach what you know, you can speak uh, about the things that you've learned and and that you've studied, but you reproduce who you are. And um, if wow. if I'm not if I'm not cultivating a worshiping heart, if I'm not cultivating sensitivity to the spirit, then that is going to be reproduced in my team and uh, in my people. And so I want what is reproduced through me to be. Um, a worshiping heart and a humble heart and a sensitive heart. So, man, that's what it is. Just go back, do the things you did at first. Uh, go back to those days of the out of tune twelve string guitar. <laughs> but man, it was it was beautiful because the presence of God was filling you know your bedroom as you were playing and singing and worshiping. And you know, don't ever don't ever lose that and that heart, and don't ever lose those moments. Bro, that's so good. I think that's a challenge for everybody because in these busy times, it's so easy to get sidetracked with a million different things. Yeah. But man, keep the, keep the main thing the main thing. It's about Jesus. For and sure. I mean, I was, I was even challenged by that this last week. I mean, it's so easy to like when you're a pastor and when you're a worship pastor, everything you look at in life is like, man, maybe this could be a song lyric or maybe this could be a message or maybe this could be a devotional that I turn into my team. Yeah. And then I feel like Jesus sometimes responds to us with like, yeah, or maybe this could be just a moment for me and you. Totally. And, yeah. and I feel like, I feel like that's like. I woke up at two thirty last night, just full disclosure. Like I was, I, I couldn't sleep. I've had a little bit of trouble sleeping lately. And, and, uh, somebody told me on our staff, they're like, maybe the next time, like just wake up and spend some time with Jesus. He might be trying to get a hold of you. Hmm. And, and man, I just had about an hour at two thirty AM last night in front of my fireplace with a cup of tea and might've been the best time I've had with Jesus in a long time. Dude. Yes. And, for um, sure. I think that's it, man. I think he's wanting us to get back to his heart. Yeah, definitely. Back to the relationship with him, man. Gosh. Oh, I could spend another hour just uh, chatting with you, man. And I, I just appreciate <laughs> your heart so much. I appreciate your friendship. And uh, I appreciate you letting me use your office for a songwriting session during the conference. <laughs> Anytime. Six weeks ago, man. Yeah, oh, man. my gosh. Derek, you're one of the best, man. Thanks for your time, buddy. <laughs> for sure, man. Thanks for having me, Curtis. You've been listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks. To learn more and to find resources for worship leaders and teams, you can visit curtisparks.com.